Welcome to Grand Sam KBO's weekly podcast on the Korean Baseball League. This is episode three as the teams reach the 40-game mark for 2020. My name is Andrew Farrell. My name is Matthew Gare. I'm Bradley Heider. On this week's show, Heroes new signing, Addison Russell, Korean club struggling financially, another KBO trade, and Hall of Fame part two. You can be a friend of our show by following us on Twitter at Grand Sam KBO and at Chimek Baseball. Our website is grandsamkbo.com. This is our show for this week. Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for joining me on another Sunday night. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Hello again. Matt, what are you wearing on your head? This, in honor of Nippon Pro Baseball starting up again, is a, uh, a little homage to a now defunct team, the Kintetsu Buffaloes from back in the 70s. I, I managed to pick this up from a mutual friend of mine and the um, friend who re- has a bunch of the logos in the KBO. And basically, I uh, ended up getting this. That's a really stupid way to say it. It's quality. Can a closer look at the uh, the logo there? Yep. It's, uh, it's a buffalo. There's some horns, there's some eyes, and there's some letters. It's glorious. Yeah, this is an authentic hat that someone picked up in the 70s, and I just managed to get it about two years ago, I think it was. Wow. Sent me back a pretty penny. It cost like 80 bucks at the time, but apparently there's been a resurgence in like retro Japanese paraphernalia, so pretty happy that I got this one. Is it a snapback? Um, actually, no. It's an entirely different system. It's like a ratchet system. So at the back, you want to have it a little bit tighter. You just move the clip along, and then wow. it changes to whatever size head that you want. And then if you wow. want to release it, you press the little clasp in, and it lets you extend it as well. I've never seen anything like that in a hat. Tell you what, though, the bill is flimsy as hell. It's like this really... I'm terrified to touch it. It's like this EVA foam kind of thing inside. With just a bit of fabric over the top. It's really fragile. But it's a beautiful hat. I love it. It is pretty nice. We better get the show on the road here before uh, Brad falls asleep on the podcast. (laughs) Forgetting we are recording this. Um, Okay, so before we look at the table, before we look at those news topics I mentioned earlier on, I'm pretty excited to talk about Alison Russell and the KBO financial situation, I guess, are the two biggest stories of last week. But we're going to review how each team did over the last week or so in Korean baseball. And we're going to start with Brad, who's going to lead off with the NC Dinos. Well, the NC Dinos haven't done too well. Uh, now, as we're recording this podcast on a Sunday night, if they if they hold on to their lead today, they'll end up uh, two wins and three losses with one game being rained out. Uh, not what you'd expect for the lead leading league leading team. So uh, also uh, to note, uh, they lost uh, a series against the lowest ranked team in the league, the Hanwha Eagles. So not such a good week for the NC Dinos. Okay. The LG Twins, Dan, they also had a very mixed week. Uh, they swept the hapless Eagles in Daejeon and then fell at home to the Doosan Bears of the weekend. 
Um, again, recording this on a Sunday night, so that game is not over yet, but as it currently stands, they are about to be swept by their Jamshul roommates. Um, it was seen as a big series for the championship credentials. LG were hammered 18-10 on Friday and 8-2 on Saturday. Sunday's game is a little bit closer, but for a team that's uh, hoping to challenge for the championship, that's not a particularly good statement to be making. So a very, very mixed week for the LG Twins. Matt? Yep. Next up is the Doosan Bears. They um, lost their midweek series to like a revived Samsung side. Like Osung One's come in and it's like a new breath of fresh air has been breathed into the team. So Doosan temporarily released their stranglehold they had on second, but they're looking to reclaim second with that sweep over the Twins tonight. And like whatever flunk they seem to be in at the start of the season they're definitely getting over it now and putting runs on the board like as you said 18-10 on Friday 8-2 yesterday and they're currently in the bottom of the ninth and leading 3-1 against the Twins so it's looking likely next up would be the Kium Heroes the Kium Heroes well they've, they've uh, had a winning week uh, we can count all, their, all of their games as over, so they ended up with four wins and two losses. Okay. Uh, did I say that right? Yes, four wins, two losses. Um, for the Tigers, it's been a good week. They won both games versus the NC Dinos midweek. Thursdays was rained out, and they followed that up with a winning series against Samsung in Guangzhou. Unfortunately, fresh in the memory will be another awful Sunday meltdown. The Tigers were hammered today, 12 runs to five. They haven't won a Sunday game since May the 10th. Uh, for good news, though, first baseman Yu Min Sang hit his first career Grand Slam. And there's a couple of, well, definitely one Mike KBO fan who's a, who's a big supporter of Yu Min Sang. So good news for him. But still, a good week for the Tigers. They played five, they won, they played five, they won four, and they lost one game. Um, up next, we have the Lote Giants. Oh, th this hurts me. Like, after a stunning start to the season, they've just gone completely complacent lately. Like, the batting order are not giving any run support. And if you look at the games they've had this week, like, they've lost both series. They lost against the Heroes and they lost against KT, but three of those lost games involved walk offs. One of them, granted against KT, was blowing an 8 to nothing lead in the third inning, all the way through to losing it in extra innings. But aside from that one game, like there's been pretty solid pitching throughout the entire week for Lotte. They just haven't had the run support to give them anything. So as it is right now, Lotte, it's one step forward, two steps back, and they're slowly making their way down the table. It's pretty depressing. Um, next, we have <laughs> Samsung Lions. Samsung Lions, anything but depressing. They have also had, well, I shouldn't say also, they have had a winning week of four wins and only two losses. So they are sitting comfortably at seventh place. Uh, but if you look at how they've done in the last couple of weeks, um, I'd say. Uh, what, what is this here? They are one win, maybe one win behind, uh, tying the Lotte Giants. So um, look for some good things uh, with them coming up and watch them dig their way out of the basement. Yeah, definitely. It certainly looks like it certainly looks that way for them. 
Um, Katie Wisden, as uh, Matt was talking about a little bit earlier on, they swept Gyeonggi-do uh, rivals, SK Wyverns, in three really tight games midweek in Incheon, and then they returned to Suwon for the weekend series with the Lotte Giants. On Friday, they rebounded back from that early 8-0 loss to beat the Giants in 10 innings, one of the best comebacks you would see this season, perhaps any season. It could be well be the best comeback in KT Wiz's short history. I'm not so sure. We haven't figured that one out yet, but a great comeback for the Wiz. They did lose on Saturday, but they took the series on Sunday. They won five out of their six games this week. That's impressive. Next up is the SK Wyverns. So Wyverns are in a bad place right now. Like there's management, they're an aging roster, and they've just got swept in back-to-back series by the KT Wiz and by the Kium Heroes. So something's happened in the time Trey Hillman leaving and the new manager being appointed, but a large part of that, I think, was losing their number one and two starting pitchers out of their rotation. They lost Kelly at the start of the season. They lost... um, God, I forgot his name. Kim Guangyan as well. Like, they're easily the two best pitchers that they had, and they lost Sanchez as well. So they've just been hurting for replacing him, and it's telling. Like, they're trying to fill in their pitching roster with some quality. Like, they tried to trade in uh, Itayang off of Hanwa, and I'm sure there's going to be a couple more trades coming up later in the season from them. But um, interesting point. Taeyang hasn't featured since Thursday, so... Who knows? Maybe they're saving him for a winning position later on. Okay. And finally, the Hanwha Eagles. The Hanwha Eagles. Well, this time last week, uh, we finished up the podcast saying that they were the team to watch. They had just ended an 18-game losing streak with a couple of wins. So they were the team to, to watch. Um, not a bad week, considering the overall record of the season. They won two games and lost four. Now, what's important to note is those two two games they did win came at the defeat of the first place uh, NC Dinos. So uh, they've shown that they can beat a, a good team. And this is important because, as we know, their new manager is still uh, freshly at the helm and he's got less than 10 games under his belt. Uh, result came in. They actually lost today's game, unfortunately. Good. So it's just the one win out. Still, one win against the Dinos is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I thought they won on Friday and Saturday. They lost, yes. Uh, they lost on Friday. Friday they won on Saturday. Oh, okay. Oops. It's all right. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. It's the Hanwha Eagles, yeah. We'll be okay. Um, <laughs> thanks, thanks for that, guys. Um, there, again, there isn't a huge amount to talk about when it comes to the table because um, there hasn't been a big change like we talked about last week. But this is how they currently stand. Um, we're still waiting for, I think, all of these games to update. But what we can safely say is that going into the next week's, next week's games, Doosan Bears are back into second spot. Uh, the Heroes have pulled away a little bit from the Kia Tigers. And the KT Wiz just continue to climb up that table. Hanwha Eagles are Hanwha Eagles are down to ten. I guess the two the teams that had the best weeks were the KT Wiz five from six, the Kia Tigers four from five, one loss for both those. A great week for the KT Wiz, and as you said, as both of you guys were kind of alluding to, too, their season is definitely still underway. Mm, very much so. 
Great. Okay, let's move on to the first major news uh, story, I guess, of this week that we're going to talk about, and that is from my notes here, the Kium heroes have signed Addison Russell until the end of the season. A major, major signing, um, one that really got the attention, I think, of all KBO fans across the world and for a lot of US and international based uh, fans. So this is a guy who was a uh, MVP in 2016, won the World Series with the Cubs, and he is now going to be replacing Taylor Motter at the Kium Heroes. There's a lot to kind of talk about here. Um, shall we talk about who would like to go first? Then? Matt, oh, there's a lot to get. I, I, su I suppose it'll have to be me then. So, yeah, there, there's no. There's no denying it. Basically, there was a lot of skepticism and quite a bit of uproar from the Major League faithful who've gotten into KBO lately because of... I, I don't know exactly what the situation was, but there's alleged domestic abuse, which led to a suspension. And I don't know if it was physical, if it was verbal, but from what I can tell, it seems to have been penalizing a text message that he'd sent previously. That was coming from Scott Boris the uh, agent who represents him that led to him getting a 40 game suspension and then in a press conference actually because of quite a lot of backlash against the signing uh, Kim Chi Hyun the, um, the guy in charge of Kium Heroes basically said that uh, I've got a direct quote here if he had engaged in physical abuse he would have been banned for 80 games but he served only 40 obviously what he did was wrong but we felt it wasn't bad enough that he should no longer play baseball. So, obviously, we don't have the full information as to what the alleged circumstances were. So, I guess what we'll do at this point is just look at him in terms of his career as a player and what he stands to add to the team. Yeah, yeah. The, all the information's online if you're looking for this anyway, in regards to his yeah. off the field. Um, there's no doubt that, and especially a club like the Heroes, they could probably have done without PR like this as well, given a lot of things that have gone on in the past for them. But irrelevant, he signed a contract, um, $530,000 to the end of the season. He's 26 years old, he can play second base and shortstop. Um, Brad, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, well, I think it's definitely big news for the KBO and Heroes fans. Um, I, I don't know how many uh, major league, sorry, I don't know how many World Series champions have played in the KBO, but it's not every day that you get to see one join up. He's also a former All-Star. So I think it, he's certainly worthy of the, the press and the attention he's received. Um, and then um, his suspension and the reasons for that uh, only add to the to the buzz that's been created. I, I'm certainly not in the position to comment on his uh, personal life because I, I wasn't there. I can only say what I've read, which is he served a 40 game suspension uh, and that he was not charged criminally with any crime. So uh, mm. take, make that make of that which you wish, mm. but uh, I think it's an exciting time for the KBO and based on what I know, I can only look at it with a with positive, positive uh, outlook. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, like 
I think there's definitely a lot that he stands to add, but it's really weird that um, they'd get a guy who could play second or shortstop because right now they have Kim Ha Sung who plays short for them on a day-to-day basis, and they've got Sogong Chan who's also brilliant at second. Like in terms of areas that the heroes needed to develop, like infield is definitely not one of them, especially when uh, I suppose Kong Jong-ho is not going to be back until next season. So it's good to have guys who can rotate in on a day-to-day basis if need be. But I get the feeling it's going to hurt guys like um, Jum Byung-woo, who's currently like uh, deputizing at first for them. Because when Park Byung-ho comes back, whatever slump he's in or injury issue, I'm not entirely sure. But when that's resolved, that means that Jun Byung-woo is basically having the season of his career so far is just going to drop off because the only way I could see Russell fitting into the lineup would be at second. And that would bump Sogon Chang permanently onto the DH. So yeah, like that, it's got some benefits, but I can also see it hurting the team a little bit unless Jung Byung-woo can also play outfield. What do you make of it? I think he'll, I think they, they have room to maneuver there. Obviously, their their best lineup would be um, their best lineup would be Kim Ha Sung, uh, Kim Ha Sung at shortstop or third, and then Cha Gon Chan and Park Byung Ho. But again, Park is not a great form at the moment, so he could also go into the DH role, um, mm. and that would create a spot at as at first base or second base for somebody. I think the heroes admitted themselves that they're going to have to move some players around. They traded for the Kia Tigers outfielder Patrick Clay in the offseason, and that really hasn't worked out. So that's why I'm a little bit surprised they haven't gone for an outfielder as well. I think Patrick Day is batting 180 or something for the season. He doesn't have a great, a great you know, career stats either. So I'm surprised that they haven't gone for an outfielder, but I think they could, they'll probably be able to make this work. But it might mean that either Pat Ho or Sagan Chan is their uh, DH from now on. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really, he's, he's two weeks now. Like he'll have two weeks in, in quarantine. I guess he'll get to swing a baseball yeah. bat every, uh, get to swing a bat every day. It's hard to know what else he'll be able to do uh, in terms of keeping himself fit. Um, but I'd say the moment he's available, he will be in that lineup somewhere. Um, so it's a great, it's a great signing when you look at his playing career, uh, even if he did drop off in the last number of years, a guy like him will definitely be really useful in this league. Um, again, for the heroes, the Jerry Sands, the shadow looms large over every foreign player that they pick up. And it's hard to replace yeah. him with his numbers of last year. So I also, I got to say, I don't know what you guys think of this, but this is such, I, I think this is a win-win for Addison Russell. If this works out, because nobody else is playing baseball in America right now, and he mm-hmm. is putting himself back in the shop window. The games are live on ESPN uh, every day of the week. Tuesday to Sunday, there's a game live in ESPN in America. He's playing baseball, whereas a lot of his former teammates and rivals are not playing baseball. If it works out for him, he could put himself in the shop window for back to Major League Baseball. And if it doesn't work out, but he has a good season, living in Seoul for the next number of years wouldn't be a bad thing. Mm. Well, you've got to think he's only 26 as well, so there's a lot of potential. Um, Heidi, you've been a bit quiet about this. What do you think about uh, the news that the heroes contacted Yasiel Puig before they went to him? Did you hear about that one? No. <laughs> so um, apparently, <laughs> Sorry. The, apparently the heroes had reached out to um, Yasiel Puig to try and get him to sign on first. 
maybe okay. because of a lot of fan reactions or just people throwing his name out there because he's a free agent at the moment, I believe. But like, right. it's like what Farrell was saying, putting yourself in the shop window. Like, I'm kind of curious how that conversation went. What are your thoughts on it? I'm sorry, guys. I was not aware of that. Yeah. I, I, do you mean the conversation with Russell or the conversation with Puig? With Puig. Oh, I have no idea. I'd say yeah. I'd say they rang him up. Rang him up with the rang up his agent. Who knows? And the, <laughs> the phone was probably um, put down straight away. Um, this is the information. If you're looking for some more information, yeah, you can find it all here. As as uh, Brad is saying, it's not really our place to comment on it. He could be a great signing for them as a player. Uh, let's hope he's able to find himself. I guess whatever other way you want to say it when he comes back to Korea. Because either way, he's signed. He's coming, and that's it. That's it. He's going to be playing KBO baseball. That's what it is. Um, I presume the medical has been completed. I'm only guessing, judging by the Daniel Kim comments, he, they were, the medical was upcoming. I'm presuming that's uh, been done now or in the process of being done, and he'll be over here soon enough. So, Addison Russell is coming. He's going to be the latest foreign player to play in the KBO. Um, moving on, guys. Number two story we want to talk about this week: a trade, a trade, a trade between players we've heard of. This is a trade row, a trade between players who we know of. No Suguan has gone back to the Hanwha Eagles. He's gone the long way from Hanwha to Kia to SK, and now back to Hanwha, and he's been traded for a pitcher Itayan. So. Uh, I, I know a bit about No Suguan. He's played for the Tigers. Taeyong is an experienced pitcher in this league. Should we really be focusing on this? Does it really matter? This, the two worst teams in the league? Uh, SK Wyverns find themselves right now. I think it's important to see that they're making steps in the right direction. Because like, regardless of what people see when they look at Taeyong, he's still in his early 30s. He's got a good couple of years left in him. So I reckon that if they manage him correctly, they should be able to get at least three to four years, maybe even five of service out of him before he gets to that age. And that's going to give them an opportunity to kind of develop newer talent. So for now, it's like stymieing the bleeding and then working towards, I guess, the future of the team. Yeah, and there's a lot of work to do. Oh, yes. Um, no Suguan then. Um, he's been around a lot and he's born in 1990 so I guess he's approaching his 30th birthday soon I always just got the feeling he was younger than that but this is he's gone back to where it all started with him, the Hanover Eagles a outfielder with a bit of pace his career OPS I think is just, just below 0.800 I was surprised by the outrage on uh, social media from a lot of the SK Wyverns fans I know like he's your player you like him you want him to stay but I just get the feeling that a player with his numbers and his career at the Wyverns must be able to find somebody who can even do almost the same job as he can and then develop that player into a better player in the future. Mm. Interesting thing, actually. Like, um, Nosuguan, he got drafted originally by Hanwha, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he got traded away and he's eventually made his way back. Yeah. Hanwha have a really horrible history of doing that, like drafting these really young, talented players, yeah. trading them to other teams, watching them develop, and then trying to trade them back later on. Yeah. It's uh, happened with so many guys so far. Yeah, they, they, whatever goes on, um, is a lot of work needs to go into uh, keeping hold of their best young players. Um, mm. 
whether or not you think Noah Sabah could be one of those guys. But he's gone on to win a championship with the SK Wyverns. He was injured for a lot of that season, but I presume he picked mm. up a medal. Um, and he was also part of that epic four for four trade between Key and SK back in uh, April 2017 when they traded four players each, including three catchers, went in this mammoth trade. So he's been part of um, epic enough KBO trades before. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, you know, um, the Wyverns need a pitcher in the bullpen. And uh, Hanwha, I think Hanwha have an issue with Hoying. I hope he gets to stay. I hope he regains his form. He's an entertaining guy at the plate. But his form this year hasn't been great. And they do have Yong Yu. I can't remember the other guy's name. The guy used to play for um, the Doosan Bears before as well. So they do have um, three players who play in the outfield for them. Anyway, but I wonder, I wonder, are they looking at Queen's time with the, the team and thinking this it could be coming to an end? What do you think? Would you keep Jared Wing or would you let him go? Uh, I'm not sure. Like, given what he's provided, I think maybe at the moment a good thing would be to send him to Futures for a week or two. I think two weeks is like the minimum and then give him a chance to really just focus on hitting and studying because, mm-hmm. like, his last. I think out of his last 10 games, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, yeah, he's basically blanked in 2, 4, 6 of his last 10 games, which is for the level of production you want out of your foreign hitters. You want them getting on base at least once every game or twice every two games. Mm. So he's not exactly where he was two years ago. And I think he could well stand to improve what he has so I think maybe he just needs time away to work on it and then come back and then apply what he's learned I, I hope he stays I hope Jared Wing stays and I, I hope he's got a bit of credit in the bank for what happened in 2018 as well he was mm. a huge part of that team that made the playoffs for the first time in a really long time so uh, maybe the, the, the pickup of No Sagan will give him some time he was on the bench today maybe they'll give him some time to have a rest maybe he could be carrying an injury we don't even know these things it's always hard yeah. to going on behind the scenes um, okay shall we move on is the next yes the next story is a big one. This is a huge story that broke during the week. There's a little bit of skepticism over whether or not all the information is accurate or if the KBO clubs are scaremongering in some way. But we are now into roughly game 40 of the season for all the clubs and we still have no fans in the ballparks. So Brad, you did a bit of research, you did a bit of reading on this. What, do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think my understanding was that this uh, season began with the expectation that the fans were going to be returning in in the seats, maybe not in full capacity, but at at some levels. And uh, that has not happened. Um, For those here who live in Korea and know the situation, or for those who don't, um, back, I would say, in April, May, uh, coronavirus was rapidly decreasing and then in mid-May or early May it sort of exploded again and we have seen the country continuously uh, battle with the virus. We've seen um, the rules relaxed by the government opening uh, facilities up uh, only to have them reclosed because they are struggling 
despite their best efforts to maintain this illness or the virus. So I think the result of that is one of the results is obviously there are no bums in seats in any of the KBO uh, matches. And this is having a detrimental effect, obviously, on ticket sales and the money generated by the people who sell concessions and um, uh, merchandise. Yeah. Um, uh, we can buy merchandise online through the website, but it, it's not like in other countries where there's always a place to go to walk up to a store and buy things. So it's yeah. suffering that way as well. Yeah, Matt, what do you think? I'm kind of worried um, for a couple of the clubs, um, the Heroes and the Bears maybe, if, if talk of Doosan looking to sell up or true for a while. Uh, I'm mm. sure all of these clubs will be okay. Hopefully they will be okay, but um, it's worrying. Um, it has to be worrying. To have, and the players haven't taken a pay cut as well. It needs to be. Yeah. It's definitely a worrying situation because even if you just factor in player salaries, like, Let's say you've got Jamshill on a Friday night or a Saturday. You've got the Giants or the Tigers or whoever in town. Giants, Tigers, Eagles, like they all travel well. The average gate takings for a home game, from what the teams were saying, was like somewhere in the region of $140,000. Yeah. That's a tremendous amount of revenue that hasn't happened for any of the teams for a while. Like when you have teams like the Heroes, which are limited in finances already, this is just going to hurt them even worse, considering that, the, as you said, the players have not taken a cut. So I'm glad that the teams are actually supporting their players in this capacity and making sure they get their full earned salary yeah. because they're contracted to it, they're entitled to it. But then... It's concerning in that most of the teams are actually owned by massive conglomerates and massive corporate sponsors, but then they're operating kind of independently of them. Like uh, Samsung, a short while ago, ended up removing some of the support for their team, and they've had to rebuild with young talents. And they're in a very good spot now, but not every team has the infrastructure to do that. So if it ends up getting to the point where the finances are that restrictive, then it could well be that the number of foreign players declines over the years as, as it goes forward until the ticket revenue resumes anyway. Yeah. I would be happy, I don't know about you guys, but we all know that KBO games are really cheap. You can get tickets, especially <clears throat> week for less than $10. Um, I think I speak for both of you guys and a lot of the people who will be watching this that um, I'd be happy enough to, to spend more on a ticket for the next couple of years, but help to recover some of that uh, lost revenue. So I don't think it, you know, it's probably not the end of the world, but they really do need to get fans into those ballparks as soon as possible. Um, there's just no mm -hmm. other way you can see this league. Um, surviving like it is at the moment without major, major changes unless we're allowed back into a ballpark soon. So it's scary times though. Yeah, yeah. I'd, uh, I'd, obviously, uh, I'd like to see the, the league um, in, in good financial health. Um, I'm willing to pay, obviously, full price, maybe a little bit more. But, you know, when I look around uh, this country and around the world, a lot of people have lost their jobs or taken uh, big pay, pay uh, decreases. Uh, a lot of my colleagues, a lot of my, my friends and family members 
are making less money. Hmm. And I would like to see that if uh, the KBO's finances are, are unwell, that I'd like to see players uh, volunteer to take a small pay cut. Now, um, obviously, you want to keep people paid, but you know, if they're not willing to take any pay cut, then it's going to be hard for me to sell myself on paying extra when everyone I know has suffered financially because of this. I know a lot of the players you guys are think? not paid well. Um, I know like Ideho, Treyangu, these guys are obviously extremely wealthy men, but a lot of the baseball players you'll see today are on um, small basic salaries every year. Um, yeah. Maybe a paid deferral could be the better option where they – for you know, they give up some of the wages for now, but when the fans come back and they're allowed to reclaim that money again in the future, um, that's the only solution I can I can probably think of at the moment. I'm actually really concerned about the vendors who've been operating inside the stadiums as well, because they've actually been paying their full rent on stadium space to try and sell their wares. Like those <clears> are people <throat> who've been seriously hurt by this as well, and I'd really like to see. Hopefully, after the league recovers somewhat. I believe there, I don't know if there's any concrete plans for when to allow fans in, but I know there's been some uproar from team officials who've chosen to stay anonymous because of beaches and other public places being opened, but baseball stadiums not. But um, if it gets to the point where the teams are starting to recover, I'd like to see them do something for those vendors as well, because they've been loyally contributing towards the coffers on rental space, even though they haven't got anything out of it. Yeah. And sure. I, I, I was going to say, I, I agree with Matthew. Uh, every time I think of Gemshill stadium, anyone who's walked out of that subway station, uh, you can't help notice uh, all the people, often uh, elderly people that have, have paid for some sort of uh, booth uh, so that they can sell, their food and drink items, and these people depend on this income, and it's really sad to see that this has been lost, especially when they have to pay pay for that that licensing and pay for that uh, that space that they occupy. Didn't the cheering staff have to take a, a pay deferral or pay cut in 2015? Wasn't it the uh, was the Ebola virus was going around, and they a couple of games they had to stop allowing the cheerleaders in and they didn't get paid um, whilst the players and other people got paid. So like a lot of the, the teams there, the, the cheerleaders will do the home and the away games, especially the games that are in the greater Seoul area. So I'm presuming they are not getting fully paid. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised well, if that was one of the ones that they did cut back on. From what I, I, I understand, hi there, off to you. I remember. I don't. I remember it wasn't Ebola. It was uh, MERS. Now I, I don't know if I'm getting my stories mixed up, but I do remember that the cheerleaders uh, uh, did not perform in that capacity at all. They were going around picking up garbage from the stands and trying to get fans engaged in different ways. But they were not uh, singing and dancing and uh, on their stage like they normally do. Um, that's what I remember, Matthew. Um, I was just going to say for this season, like they, the cheerleading staff have done a fantastic job in keeping the fan base engaged for like when the gates are eventually reopened. Like most, if not all teams that I'm aware of now have some kind of online stream where you can log in, use whatever details you have, and then you can actually support the team via a Zoom or via a group chat, which 
I'm actually really happy to see. But um, I think this season they're getting their full salary for 2015. Off the top of my head, I don't remember that much about it. If you like a lot of madness in your baseball, KBO. So uh, we had a bit of a technical difficulty between yesterday and today. Turns out that while encoding the video, the computer died and lost half of our recording. So here we are to do the Hall of Fame section for you. In the meantime, though, Andrew Fowl has some breaking news for us, don't you, sir? Well, the good thing about having to read this, redo this segment of the show is that in the earlier part of the show, we discussed the trade between SK and Hanwha before, and we wondered whether or not that could be the end for Jared Hoying. And then, of course, as it turns out today, um, it is the end of Jared Hoying. He has been released um, midway through or partially through his third year with the Hanwha Eagles. But he is gone. Does anybody have any thoughts on this? Um, I'll let uh, Heidi get his thoughts in first and then I'll add on top. Not too much in the way of thoughts. Um, just another person to go from the organization, I guess. But um, I have no inside knowledge as to why. Yeah, no inside knowledge from me either. But it does make a lot more sense and gives context to Nosegwan coming in. Because yeah. if they're adding a bit of depth to the Korean outfielders, then that means he's probably going to take Jared Hoying's place while it ta- while Brandon Barnes comes in and gets through the quarantine period. So there's a number of reasons I think it could have happened. Like poor performance is one of them. But then you look at the difference between the two salaries. There's a massive amount of money that's been saved. And I think that poor performance may have just been like a face value excuse because people have been talking about his declining form, talking about him having a back problem that he may have been nursing. But still, like if he needed time for physio, the Hanwar I knew from two years ago from last year even would have given him time in futures to recuperate. I'm just thinking without the pandemic, without the lack of fans, without this kind Mm. of like pressing issue of finances on the club, would they have suddenly gone for a guy who is going to be coming in for 200000 all in a year. Yeah, I don't know. Part of, I, I'd like to know, and I wonder in, in the months ahead when we find out exactly what went on, but part of me thinks, I don't know, like I could be completely wrong with this, but part of me thinks it may have just been a mutual decision. I'd like to know, maybe like Hoyne could end up watching this and be disgusted by those comments, but I wonder, what, did, I, did I have a feeling of, you know, his great time with the, the baseball club had just come to an end. And I was surprised mm. and, unres- and uh, unsurprised at the same time when the news had broke earlier on today that he was gone. I mean, if you look at the stats up on the screen here, like apart from the season, he had a, an unbelievable career, a short career with the Hanwell Eagles. Um, but I wonder, is it just like one of those things where it just came to an end, that this maybe is the right time? Because if they are getting rid of him, I'm kind of surprised that they would bother doing it now, given that he is so popular mm. with the club. And he is a fan's favorite, and they're not going to finish any higher than ninth. I would have thought that they would have just allowed him to see out the rest of the season, maybe say goodbye, like a proper goodbye to the to the fans, whatever. It's not a team that's going to feature anywhere this year, so I am surprised they made this this call, unless unless it was kind of like a bit of a mutual agreement. Yeah. Well, I I can't see anybody who wants to play professional baseball wanting to leave. Leave, wanting to leave Korea and look elsewhere right now because I don't think mm. save the world being what it is. Mm. Uh, I just don't see a lot of opportunities out there for looking uh, for players looking for a job. 
Mm. Are you surprised then that they would have made the decision to get rid of a guy like Jared Hoying, a, like a, a clear fan favorite, given that they're they're already going to they're probably going to finish tenth, but maybe ninth. Well, it's one of those things. Like, I think that financial reasons may well factor in. Like, he was on five hundred and fifty thousand this year, and that's considering the season he had last year as well. That's a bargain basement price for a player of the quality that he provided. But then, I don't know. Like, I just do wonder: was the back issue like more than was previously advertised? Like, was it really weighing down on him? Yeah. It's just a lot of information we don't have right now. And I'm sure over the coming days, between now and the next week's podcast, we'll probably get some of that come to light. Well, I think I speak for everybody here. We wish him well. Like This uh, season, 2018, was stellar. Um, 100 mm. RBIs for the Henry Eagles as he helped. He helped a lot to bring them to their first postseason um, appearance in a very long time. We'll have more on Brandon Barnes next week. I mean, I don't know much about the guy. I know he hit for the cycle in 2013, but I guess in the next week, yeah, he's not gonna, we're not going to see him play for another two weeks. So maybe next week's show, we can just have a little bit more information on, uh, on Brandon Barnes. Yeah, we can have a special, maybe a comparison between him and Russell, who hit the ground running faster. Um, Russell gave a little uh, speech today. I saw that for the uh, Kiem Heroes a couple of fans that are out there. So that was, um, that's interesting. And of course it went down really badly on my KBO. Uh, anytime Addison Russell's name comes up, uh, it brings mm-hmm. everybody out of the woodwork to, uh, to have their, have their say on it. Um, shall we move just on? In case uh, they didn't, sorry, just, just in case they, didn't, case they didn't have their say enough over the weekend. Now they get to bring it up again. And it will come up tomorrow and the day after that. And just wait until it's first that bad as well. Wait um, until he goes into quarantine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hall of Fame time, week two. Oh, baby. So we uh, have the results of last week's Hall of Fame. It was a closely fought contest, but just edging it out with 45% of the vote was the old favorite, Chimac. So chicken and beer, that ever so classic combination at a baseball park, ended up uh, getting the top spot. In second place with 35% of the vote was... The concept of double-clicking, I believe it was. A uh, contribution by the other Brad, who is not here with us, unfortunately, today. He's a bit busy. So he's not going to be giving us a nomination this week. But his um, concept of girls like showing the player name of the uniform that they have extra, apparently it's called double-clicking. I didn't know. And We we may... We'll see what we can do maybe next week. Uh, Maybe I can demonstrate what uh, double-clicking looks like because uh, (laughs) um, I I do have the the, the appropriate merchandise. Nice. There is a uh, lovely picture of our champion for this week. So the... What uh, were the numbers? Because the numbers um, were called into question yesterday. The validity of the numbers were called into question yesterday. Um, it was 45-35, and uh, Najiwan got zero, mm-hmm. and 10 went to uh, Mr. Go. Apparently I, the I best would, player that Doosan ever had. <laughs> I would like to know who's contesting these numbers, Andrew. As I, oh, um, yeah, I think it's somebody on this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, someone wearing a Kia Tigers hat by chance. No love for Najiwan, surprising me. 
Uh, this week, your nominations. What do we have? Um, I went first last week, so uh, may as well just lead by example again. My nomination for this week is whichever glorious person has managed to maintain their sanity while working as the head of PR for the Kiyum Nexon insert brand here heroes. That person is a legend and has survived a number of scandals. They've survived allegations that occurred in Incheon. They've survived a majority shareholder going to prison, a player coming in with multiple DUIs. Now they've got a high school draft pick who beat up his teammates with a baseball bat. And on top of that, you've now got Addison Russell. That guy has had a tremendous amount of work to do and somehow still keeps going. So my hat goes off to the PR manager for the heroes. Bradley. Let's not sell the man short. There was also the trade that had happened, I think, two seasons ago, which involved uh, illegal cash considerations. Oh, allegedly. Yes. <laughs> uh, allegedly, yeah. So let's not forget that. And I guess this gentleman or this lady, whoever it is, also has to answer questions as to why they're playing in a dome, too, that seems to be universally despised by uh, Korean baseball fans. I'm sure that question's Mm. come up a few times, too. Uh, So we have the PR manager, or whoever it is, of the Kium Heroes, whoever he or she may be. That's Matt's nomination for this week. Um, Toronto Blue Jays, who do you have? I would say we talked about this earlier in the podcast. Unfortunately, some of the people that are really hurt by COVID-19 are the hardworking men and women in the concessions. And I'm not talking just about the concessions on the concourse level. My pick for uh, the Hall of Fame of the Week entry is the mobile beer distribution uh, agents. In other words, these are the guys in Korea. It's always guys walking around with... Uh, medium-sized kegs on their backs, dispensing it like they're um, uh, running a marathon with a camelback ladder on, okay? These guys work in the hottest weather, up to 40 degrees Celsius, running up and down flights of stairs, dispensing draft beer at a reasonable price. And uh, I always tell them that they are the hardest-working people in the ballpark, including the men on the field. And it always comes to your seat ice cold. Always, yeah. These guys are like the unsung heroes. And they've been known to, um, if, you, if you talk to them the right way, top up your, uh, your cup. So, good guys. How do you talk to them? Uh, uh, nicely <laughs> and in Korean with uh, all the amidas that I need. Yo, at the end. Okay. Um, <laughs> PR guy for the Kiem Heroes, PR person for Kiem Heroes, and the, what do you call them? The mobile, what did you call that? Uh, what, what did we, the mobile beer distribution agents? Let's just call them the keg jockeys. The keg jockeys, okay. So we have keg jockeys and uh, Kiem Heroes and PR guy. I am, I'm giving myself some bonus points. Um, again, as for the second week in a row, the only person who's made a, the effort to uh, show a picture of what I'm going for. And they may be despised. Uh, we may hate them all over the, um, 
you may you may actually hate them um, when you're sitting right beside them. But apparently, these thunder sticks, these yellow things, which the Key Tigers fans are waving in the air, were invented for the LG Twins back in 1994. So anytime you've seen these at any ballpark or stadium anywhere in the world, um, far far away from Jamshil Baseball Stadium, the um, the rumor is or the story is that they were invented here in Korea for the LG Twins and. Uh, that's a nice bit of, I still think that as much as you might dislike them, that's a nice bit of uh, uh, kind of modern history for the, for the, bear, for the twins. Yeah, um, that's a good pick. Yeah, I mean, I think that's got to go as some sort of just general sports hall of fame. I'm going to chime back in because I really want to win this, uh, this week. A uh, <laughs> couple of things. Uh, here we go. Here's a picture. Uh, okay. He's wearing his Cavs uniform. And let me tell you something else. Someone had a terrible decision, I think, two or three seasons ago to remove these people from their position and eliminate the, the keg distribution for fans in the stands. Well, that didn't last very long. The protests and complaints, I think they were back to work within a week to 10 days. So I'm not the only one who thinks these guys are, are as important as the players. Yep. Okay. So you really want to win, basically. We're, we're, we've, we've settled on that. Um, it's not about me. It's about them. Yeah, you need to somehow fix the, um, you know, fix the results that are coming in. And that's the crucial thing that you have to do so far. Is to, uh, well, since, since we're all sharing pictures, I suppose, I'll uh, share the picture I just found of the Kiyum Heroes PR manager. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> um, good show again, guys. We're nearly done. Uh, there's still baseball. There might be baseball on this week, depending on the weather. Certainly midweek doesn't mm. look great. Um, yeah, start but, a rainy season. Um, yeah, we, I guess time is against us a little bit here. So what are the um, what series are you most looking forward to this week? Ooh. Brad, I, I need to think about it. You, um, you go first. Well, I am looking forward to the weekend series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the Doosan Bears against the NC Dinos. Uh, I'm a Dinos fan. They're also number one. And the, Bear, the, the, the Bears had occupied the second slot, and I believe they are now down, down to third. But they are certainly a top contender for the pennant this year. So it'll be an exciting game, and I believe it is played right here in Seoul. I would probably be at this game with you guys this weekend if it weren't for COVID-19. I will go for this game, uh, the Heroes-Tigers, because it's fourth versus fifth in the table. And I think we're beginning to see the top five. I think the top five are better than everybody else. We're beginning to see them pull away from the rest of the challengers. Um, I know Lotte and Samsung fans, and even KT mm. fans will probably disagree with that. But I think these guys, uh, I think NC will eventually get dragged back down into this battle for third, fourth, and fifth. I think it's going to be Tucson and LG um, up and away from everybody else by the end of the season. So I'm going for this series because um, I understand that Tucson versus NC have like you know the best players in this league are going to be probably anywhere going to be on on show for that series. But I like the fact that this is a it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good series in, in the Dome. And the fact that it is a Dome means that we will definitely see three games. There are going to be no mm. rained out games, hopefully, hopefully, in the Gochak Sky Dome this weekend. Indeed. 
Yeah, I think I've got my pick. So my pick for the series is going to be, uh, I'm going to say the midweek series, assuming at least two of the games get to go ahead between Hanmo Eagles and Samsung Lions. So I want to see what Hanma look like when they've got their roster like motivated and pointing towards a new direction because they're making trades, they're picking up new guys, and it looks as though they're trying to do something to fix and to fix the problems and right the ship. Meanwhile, Samsung are riding like a two-week-long high now since Awesome One ended up coming back into the side. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly what ends up happening between those two. Yeah, it's the first time they'll have played against each other this season as well, which mm. I'd imagine that's the last time we're going to see a series like this. I'd imagine everybody's played against everybody else. So when you look at Samsung's position in the table, they might feel it's an unfair reflection of how good they've been because they haven't been able to pick mm. up any easy wins so far against a team that lost 18 straight games at one point. So um, if Samsung win that game and win those series, win that series and they sweep them, they will be right back in the top five. Indeed they will. That's it. I know you guys have got something you want to, um, you want to broadcast, though, before we get out of here. Indeed. We have listened to your feedback on Reddit and on Twitter, and we have, um, through the hard work of Mr. Bradley Hyder, got our RSS sorted out and we are in the process of going basically into the audio podcast business again. So Bradley, would you like to give him the details? Yeah, uh, it's still a work in progress, but we are going through the motions of becoming registered on the Spotify and iTunes platforms. We'll be looking at other ones as well. But in the meantime, if there is a podcast provider that you choose or that you prefer, please let us know in the comments and we will do what we can to have this podcast um, up and available where you get your podcast. Just let us know. Great. One other bit of good news for everyone who is not named Gary. For those of you who are called Gary, we apologize, but uh, we're going to know Gary. On uh, July 4th, we're going to be having a bit of a get-together in collaboration with the MyKBO Facebook group where we're going to basically try and revive the whole yearly get-together that we used to have on July 4th. And basically, go have some chicken, beer, watch a bit of baseball, and maybe get a game of screen baseball in, depending on how many people turn up. I'm pretty sure the three of us are going to be there, and uh, we hope that those of you in the Seoul area can come and join us. More details will be forthcoming soon on the MyKBO Facebook page, and we'll be sharing details on the next episode of the podcast as well. Yeah, the next episode of the podcast will be the last one before we do this as well. So we'll definitely mention it'll be in the comment section too. And just keep an eye on my KBO's Facebook page. Um, there's already a thread going with some beautiful photographs of Nogari's chicken, um, which is outstanding. And there's a lot of cheap beer there too. Uh, it's a great place to watch baseball. Ten screens, five in front of you, five behind you. It is a really, really, really good place to watch baseball. So We'll be there on Saturday, July the 4th. The games start at, I presume it's 5 o'clock. Um, the games I believe so. The weather's quite hot right now. 5 p.m., yeah, actually 5 p.m. So 5 p.m. start. Okay, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Apologies for the um, uh, technical issues we had there, but it did allow us to bring in the Jared Hoings story too. Um, we'll have more on Brandon Barnes, the guy who's replacing him, the Hanoi Eagles, on next week's show. Matthew and Bradley, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Good job. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.
bye bye.